Hey everybody, and welcome to Christ Centered Online, our watch night service, New Year's Eve uh, 2021, as we are about to step over into 2022. Thank you so much for being on today. I'm so happy to see all of you. My prayer is that you had great Christmas and uh, I just want to spend just a, a, a few minutes with you tonight as we um, hear what the Lord is saying as he is positioning us to step over into a new year. So thank you again for being on. If you have not shared, I'm asking that you like and share and uh, invite somebody to be on tonight. We shouldn't be too long. And... Um, I'm excited about our time together. Listen, our giving information is right here in the chat and it's right at the bottom of the screen. So you can give um, now if you've not done so already. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness there. Listen, I am, uh, I probably should be the guy, but I'm not. And maybe I should be working on that going into new year um, that, uh, you know, pushes and tells you that you need to drop a seed tonight of $222. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying any of that, but uh, I think if you've been with me for any amount of time, you know where I am on giving, that giving is a necessity. It is something that we have to do. Giving shows our heart toward God and God's program. So I want to say thanks already for your giving and your faithfulness there. And um, I'm ready to get into the word. Listen, there's be some information forthcoming about our time of fasting, our 21 days of fasting and prayer. That'll be starting soon. And you'll be getting the text and the information and the emails. And um, we invite you to invite somebody to walk this 21 day journey with us. And we'll be spending some time in our readings together. So you'll hear about all that soon. So um, let's jump into the word tonight. And let's uh, hear what the Lord has to say to us. First Corinthians is where we're going to uh, look at tonight. First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians 15. And I just want to read. Uh, we're going to launch from this verse. Uh, verse 58. First, first Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 58. Here's what it reads. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Since it was just one, let me just read it again. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So far, our scripture reading today, I want to talk to you from this thought, living in the zone. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you that you have brought us to uh, these last few hours in this year. I thank you, Lord, that from January 1 of 2020, 
uh, 2021 up, up until this point, Lord, you have kept us. Your hand has been on us. You have brought us through. You have brought us out. You have brought us over. You have pulled us out from under. And we want to stop and say thank you for this time. We haven't been faithful. We have not carried the ball all the way down the field like we should have. We have not done all the right things. We've missed opportunities to serve you. We've missed opportunities to promote you. We've missed opportunities to say thank you. But here in this moment, in these last few hours of this year, we want to stop and say thank you for your faithfulness toward us. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, promoting us. Thank you, Lord, for, for taking us everywhere that you have taken us in this year. We want to say thank you. Thank you for preserving us. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for progressing us. And we give you honor. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And you have been speaking to us. And we want to say thank you. And so now, Lord, as we come to your word, I pray that you would speak to us and give us clarity as you are positioning us to move forward into this next not just this next year, Lord, but in this next dimension and dispensation of your grace while we are still here in this earth. And we want to say thank you. So I pray tonight that you think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Amen. Living in the zone. Well, beloved, as we exit one year and enter into this next year. The Lord has deposited so much in my heart and I want to see if I can get out just a few of them. Now, this whole living in the zone um, it is not just the title for tonight, but it is also the series that we're launching the year uh, in. Uh, as we step into this year, we are living in the zone. That's what we are launching this new series tonight as we move forward into this new year, but I'm calling this talk in this series, I'm calling it living in the zone. So there should be, the Lord has shared with me that as we are moving into this new year, that um, he said to me that Tim, you should be moving in with expectation and anticipation. Okay. Uh, expectation and Anticipation. Now, we understand expectation, but I do want to talk a second about this anticipation. This is how we should be moving into next year, no matter uh, no matter what's going on right now, no matter what you have been facing, no matter what you've been going through, regardless of all of that, the word of the Lord for you this year, uh, for, I'm sorry, to position you in going into this year, the word of the Lord is anticipation. OK, that's how you should be uh, at midnight. That's how you need to be stepping in. If you can find you a meme or something, <laughs> if you can find a video or something, let the world know. This is how I'm stepping into 2022 with anticipation. Now, here's what that means. The essential meaning that Webster gives anticipation is this a feeling of excitement about something that is going to happen. When the Lord said that to me, I said, hmm, what exactly does anticipation mean? 
And so our, our natural definition is a feeling of excitement about something that is going to happen. Listen, it is uh, anticipation is a time when we should be preparing for something. Anticipation gives us permission, listen, to be in our feelings, that we should be excited about something. We should be feeling excited about something that's going to happen. So now we get permission to be in our feelings, but not just in our feelings, just sitting there. Actually, anticipation is a feeling that should be calling us to action. Here's the other definition. It is the act of preparing for something. Anticipation is uh, calling us to get ready to prepare to start our engines. And what the Lord has said to me is that he has opened the door for us to step into our next with anticipation to live in the zone. Y'all ready? All right, let's go. Now listen, this year, I'm not pulling no punches. I know some of y'all say you don't pull no punches when you preach anyway. That's what Portia tells me. Portia says you go for it all the way. No fluff. Yeah, even more so this year um, because the Lord is positioning us. Listen, to live in the year that he is fulfilling prophecy. The things that he has said to us, the things that he has said uh, uh, to other generations, days of old, we're about to walk into that. And what God is saying to us tonight is that I want to position you to not just walk in, but to stay in, not just to receive a blessing, but to keep the blessing. That's what this is about. Living in the zone is about positioning yourself to stay in the blessing to keep the blessing are y'all with me okay let's go so in this the text that we have tonight it is uh this this pauline letter <clears throat> to the church at corinth he says to them i want to talk to y'all about something now in your uh in your spare time i want you to go back and read from one so you could understand. But what I really want to do is really give you a high level. But I want you to stay stay with me because I am going somewhere. But Paul here gives this theological discourse on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? It's a resurrectional theological discourse. And he is, listen, taking his time to firm up the teaching and the church's understanding about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just stay with me because I'm going somewhere. So he gives them this high level summary of this resurrection gospel. Okay, and I love the fact that he does this. And I'm only taking my time to share some of these points or nuggets here as he has done in 57 verses only to kind of get your mind ready for verse 58. Okay. So what Paul says is he says, OK, guys, I want to the first thing I want to do is I want to kind of give you a high level overview of everything that I've taught you about the resurrection. He says to them, 
He says, uh, the first thing I did, actually in, in verse three and four, he says to them, the first thing I did was placed before you what was placed emphatically before me, uh, that the Messiah died for our sins, exactly as scripture tells us, and that he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. Again, exactly how scripture says to us. Then he moves on in verse 12 and he says, now, um, although we understand that, he says, I want to say something to you that is uh, profound and yet troubling. He says, let me ask you a question. He says, now, if you became believers because you trusted the preaching that Christ is alive, raised from the dead, how can you let people say that there is no such thing. So now he's going in what is obviously happening. There are some people that are coming in to question this whole notion and thought of the resurrection. And Paul says to them, he's like, now, listen, if you've received the preaching of Jesus Christ, the fact that he uh, died for our sins, like the scripture said, that he rose from the dead, like the scripture said, he said, how is it that you let somebody come in and question what you know. <laughs> he says, how is it? He says, I'm sure that the skeptics will keep asking questions about this resurrection body. That's what they were asking. Well, what does a resurrection body look like? And he says, you got to go, you got to go read it. Cause Paul says, I can't tell you what it looks like no more than I could tell you what a dead seed looks like. And I plant it. And then the, the plant that comes out of the ground, when I plant the dead seed, I can't tell you what it's going to look like, but I can tell you that what comes up looks different than what went down. That's what Paul is saying here. And he says to them, I want to make sure that we understand and that we are not tricked in this knowing of this gospel of resurrection. He says, because we understand that Jesus was crucified, was he died, was buried and he got up as a result of that, he says, we have victory over death. Stay with me. He goes on to say, and we hear it all the time, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be caught up together with him, changed in the twinkling of, eye, of an eye. You remember that? So now Paul is saying to them, because you know all of that, he says, I just firmed it up for you. I gave you a high level overview. I know you believe it because you've been living this way. And he says earlier in the text, if we don't believe it, we might as well eat, drink and then die. There's no need to be doing all this serving. No need to be doing all this building up of the kingdom. If we do not believe that Jesus was buried and then was resurrected, he said, because he is really the first partaker, because if he believe if we believe that he's been resurrected, then we will believe that we are. Or we will be resurrected in that last day. Are y'all with me so far? So here is where I'm going. You ready? Paul says this in verse 58. He says, therefore, my beloved brethren. That, that's what he says. Since you know this, be steadfast, immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord, 
knowing that your work is not in vain in the Lord. So in other words, he's saying, because you know all that you know about this gospel, here it is, live in the zone. Because you know. And y'all, this is what I want to talk to you about. Because the plan of the enemy, this is what God is saying. Now let me let me be clear. Let me let me because I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me be clear. I did not come on tonight to give you a word about what God is doing because I've been telling you this for the last few months, what he is doing. This is the year we're stepping into of him fulfilling this prophet. Everything that he said to you, he's about to do. The stuff that he said he was going to build up, he's going to build up. The stuff that he said he was going to tear down, the things that he said he was going to bless, what he was going to pour into. Come on. He said, this is it. This is about, I keep telling you, he's bringing us to the forefront when everything seems to be going crazy and looking one sided, he's bringing his body to the forefront. The bride is coming forward. I don't need to tell you that because I've been telling you that. But what God sent me here to tell you is that you need to position yourself so you can keep the blessing. It, this is, it is kind of like, it's kind of like, um, going to uh, the, the first day of the first semester in school, whether in college or high school, they'll tell you, this is what these professors tell you, everybody in the class has an A. <laughs> he says, they'll, they'll tell you, you, you start with an A. The question is, will you keep it? And God is saying, I'm getting ready to do what I'm doing because I'm a covenant keeping God. You didn't cause it and you can't stop it. However, you can interrupt what you receive from it if you don't position yourself right. Mm -hmm. And so what he's saying here is that you got to live in the zone. What is the zone? The zone is being steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. This is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying here now, hey, guys, I know. That the enemy is coming to try to break the people of God. Listen, by asking questions about what you should already know. Oh, be be careful. Listen, what Paul was fighting against is the same spirit we fight against today. I call it the spirit of flightiness. Yeah, we're fighting that same spirit. It's the spirit of flightiness that produces doubt, that produces uh, the saints letting go. It produces that turning around and running. It's that same thing because Paul says, hey, I know you know this, but don't let folk come in and start asking you questions about what you know, dropping seeds of doubt. Why? Because the enemy gets a foothold in your life. By questioning what you know. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Y'all stay with me. So here's what, here's what I need you to see. Is that the enemy never brings an answer. He only brings a question. That's what the enemy only brings a question. Because all it takes is for you to start doubting. Listen, come here Eve. What happened in the garden when Adam told you? What God told him, Eve would tell you, oh, Satan came and all he said to me was, did God really say <laughs> not to eat of this tree? 
Did he really say you would die? Come on. Because what the enemy does is that he wants to shake you at what you know. That's why God is saying he has opened a door. He has opened for all of my Marvel, my Marvel fans and Dr. Strange. He has opened a portal for us to step over into. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the blessing. That's going to be there. I'm talking about living in the zone because when I step over into living in the zone, everything that God is releasing is doing in the earth. I'm a partaker of. I get to keep it. I don't just walk in the land. I get to stay in the land once I get in there because I am living in the zone. Are y'all hearing me? Somebody says I'm going to live in the zone. Somebody put that in the chat. I'm going to live in the zone. 2022, I'm staying in the zone. It is being steadfast. It's being immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Y'all, God is doing something here. And he is positioning us. He's giving us this anchor. He's giving us this uh, footing so that when we start seeing all that he does, we're not going to have to chase it down. We're going to live in it, but we're going to stay in it. We got to live in the zone. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I want to keep what God is releasing. Now, can I go a little bit deeper? God told me to tell you. And I may have to give you a minute to breathe on this because I, he had to give me a minute to breathe. He told me to tell you that uh, all the storms and the turbulent times you've had in the last few months. God says, I know you've been blaming it on the devil and you keep saying the enemy is after you. And God told me to tell you it wasn't the enemy. It was him. I was so aggravated when he said that to me. What are you kidding me? He said, yeah, yeah. God told me to tell you that the storms you recently faced, it was not Satan. It was me. God said, I sent the storms to test your faith. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Come on. He says, I sent them because I needed to test your faith. Here's what James says. He took me to James chapter one. Verse two and four, James says, my brethren, watch it. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Listen, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Wait a minute. The word uh, patience in the Greek is the is the word hupaneo, uh, um, which means endurance, which means steadfastness. What? Hold on. Go back. James says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Whew. But he goes on to say, this is God. God told me to tell you this was him. This is why he allowed these storms to come. Because he needed to test your faith. He says this in verse 4, but let patience steadfastness have its perfect work in you listen that you may be perfect which is mature and complete lacking nothing wait a minute wait a minute when i read that the holy ghost said tim you just preached about that two weeks ago in the talk that i did saying don't ghost me because god says i'm about to bring you into a land hear me i'm bringing you into a land 
that you will eat without scarcity. Listen, lacking nothing. Go back and listen to it. So what are you saying, God? God says, because I'm bringing you to a place where you lack nothing. But in order to get to that place, you got to have steadfastness. And he said, I sent these storms. Because <laughs> I know what I'm about to release on my people. And I had to make sure that you were ready to live in the zone. So you had to be tested in your faith so it can produce a steadfastness in you. So you would lack nothing. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yes, we step it into the season of no lack, not even wisdom. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. L listen, um, Yuvarn, I don't know if she's on tonight. I, I don't know if she's going to come back and watch it, but let me just release this word. The Lord has been putting your face in front of me for about two months now. And every time I saw your face, I would just start praying in the Holy Ghost. God told me to tell you this day, told me today as I was typing this out, he said, tell her that the things that she has been through has created a level of wisdom in your mouth. Listen, uh, Yuvar, you don't speak much. You don't talk much. But God says that when the moments come for you to speak, the things that you have been through has produced wisdom. And once you open your mouth and release the wisdom, when he gives you the signal, he says, say it now. When you say it, it's going to bring change in the lives of people. You've been wondering, why did I have to go through that? Why did I endure that? And God is saying, because I'm producing a wisdom in you for those youngsters that are coming along. That's going to bring change into their lives. He says, I'm bringing your wisdom forward. You are for this season. You have been tested <laughs> and you have been found steadfast, says the Lord. Come on. Somebody put in the chat. I'm living in the zone. Put it. Put it in the chat. I'm living. If somebody asked you this year, how you doing? Just tell them I'm living in the zone. That's what God told me to tell you. I set the storms because I needed to test your faith. And this faith, when I tested it, everything that you went through has anchored in you. A steadfastness and God said to me tell my people they made it if you're on here tonight if you're watching this whenever you're watching this you have weathered the storm and God told me to tell you you made it you ready to live in the zone you ready you ready listen the enemy has thrown every punch he could and I ain't going nowhere I ain't moving. He is swinging like I don't. He is swinging on me like I've never seen him swing before. But every time he swings and I duck, I tell him I'm still not going nowhere. I could be mad in tears. I could be fussing and shaking my fist at God. But at the same time, I'm telling God, I ain't going nowhere. I'm steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that my work is not in vain in the Lord. I am living in the zone. How many people living in the zone? Let me see you in the chat. Just say me. Just say me. Come on, drop it in the chat. Just say me. I'm living in the zone. That's where I am. I'm in the zone. Yeah, you you different. You don't talk. You you don't call no more because I'm living in the zone. And some of the stuff that you try to say to me tries to question what I believe. And I don't have time for that because I'm living in the zone. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? OK, Pastor, I got to go. Y'all. Well, OK, Pastor, what does the zone look like? Let's look at it from what Paul told us. All right. 
What Paul says, Paul says, uh, based on what you know, I want you to be steadfast. All right. So he gives us this. But along with saying steadfast, he gives us these qualifiers. OK, so here's what I, here's how I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give you three qualifiers that he says. He says, be steadfast. He, and then he goes on to say immovable. Here's what I want to call it. Locked in. Just type this. If you write notes, just write locked in. What the zone looks like, it looks like I am steadfast. I am steadfast. I'm locked in. When Paul says immovable, the word immovable, watch this, y'all, speaks to the ability to stand against whatever comes. That's what locked in is. Because you're confident that God will finish what he started. You got to tell the devil, you're not going to move me. I ain't going nowhere. I'm locked in. Why? Because I know what God has said to me. And I know that he who has begun a good work in me shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand. I want you to get settled in this thing. God told me to tell you, if you're going to live in the zone, you got to get locked in. Immovable. This speaks to the fact that there are roots that you have to put down and allow the roots to go deep down into the earth. And what happens is the roots will lock all around the rock or the bedrock of the earth. And so when things start coming at you, you says, I know who I am in God. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be swayed. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? This is what God is saying. The enemy wants to challenge you based on what you know God has said about you. And God says, this is the season you walking into a year that you can't be wavering back and forth about is God. Did God really say this to me? Is this who he said I am? I'm struggling. I really don't know. God says, no, I need you to get in the zone. Lock in. What has he said to you? And what has he said about you? You got to lock in. And let me tell you something. What the devil does not like. He does not like people who are secure in what God has said to them about their lives. He doesn't like them. He doesn't like the fact that you won't give up on God. <laughs> he doesn't like the fact that you keep going no matter how much you fail and how much you drop the ball. You get up and say, God, if you're willing to go with me, I'm willing to go with you. He says, God says, I want you to be locked in. Paul says, let me give you these qualifiers. Be steadfast. What does that mean? He says, be immovable. Be locked in. Somebody put in the chat, I'm locked in. Yep, I'm in. I don't care. Come what may. Hezekiah Walker did the song, I'm sold out. Man, I'm locked in. You got you to get to the place where you say, I know what he said to me. He ain't changed his mind about me. And I'm not going to change my mind about him. Listen, nor am I going to change my mind about what he said about me. Come on, y'all. So number one, you got to get locked in. That's what the zone looks like. Number two, you got to get to work. He says, he says uh, that you are immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's stop here for a second. 
it, it's, I love it because Paul gives us really what these are, immovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. It is really uh, what's called a participle, okay? That could also be used like an adjective. I want to describe what this steadfastness is. He says, I want you to, to not just be locked in, but I want you to get to work in order to stay locked in. See, steadfastness, y'all, is not just about I'm just going to lock here. I'm staying right here. No matter what comes, I'm staying. Paul says, no, it's not just about locking in and standing still. It's not just about holding on. He says steadfastness is for you to hold on and work. Mm hmm. You got to do work. He says always about the thing that helps you become locked in is that you're always abounding. In the work of the Lord. Are y'all with me? Okay, so let's 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 pull that apart for a second. Always abounding. What that means in the Greek, it is the sense of beyond. It is um, always abounding. The word abounding means super abundant in quantity and superior in quality. Wait, wait, Paul. You give Paul be giving me too much at one time. That's why when you read, you got to You got to dissect this stuff and pull it apart because because it, it looks like, OK, uh, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, what does that mean? He says, if you're going to be abounding in the work of the Lord, you got to make sure that you are. Remember, super abundant in quantity. In other words, you got to be going above and beyond the call of duty as it relates to God's work. <laughs> that's what living in the zone is living in the zone is not just standing in one space holding on I'm steadfast I ain't moving Paul says no that's not what that is the thing that helps you stay anchored is the fact that you go above and beyond the call of duty that is this super abundant listen in quantity do it and do more than what they ask you to do Serve God in a way that says, God, I know that I could just do this and then go home. But instead, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. Come on, I'm going to get plugged in over here and I'm going to get plugged in over here. I'm going to tell people on, on Marta and at work about you. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. I'm going to be a witness for you. I'm going to make sure that I'm doing above and beyond the call of duty. That's what abound means. It means to be super abundant in quantity. Here it is. And superior in quality in other words when you work for him it needs to be the best work you've ever done oh paul says he goes on to write that whatever we do that we got to do it in the name of the lord are you hearing what i'm saying whatever we put our hands to and so now we find out that living in the zone is being locked in but not just locked in i got my roots and I'm not going to be knocked off. I'm going to stand against everything that comes my way. But while I'm doing that, I'm going to be serving God at a high level over and above what he's asking me to do. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give him the best service, the best work I have ever put out. Why? Because I'm going to always abound in the work of the Lord. See, we like the part that it says now unto him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. We like that because we know that God will do over and above what we ask. We know that God can do more than what we can think. And we realize, man, I got a big imagination so God could do above that. Paul is saying just like God does that for you, you got to do that for him.
Look how you're looking. <laughs> Look how you're looking over and above the best quality working for him. But wait, Paul gives us a qualifier. I like this. He qualifies the work. <coughs> Here's what he says. He says, make sure and you being unmovable and always abounding. Listen, in the work qualifier of the Lord. He says, I want to make sure that you understand who you should be working for. Oh, Lord, Tim, why you want to mess with this tonight? You want to mess with this tonight? Yeah, I want to mess with this tonight. Because when we go in, we need to go into the zone in 2022, living in the zone, understanding our assignment. And Paul says, I want to be clear that if you're going to live in the zone, this whole steadfast piece, you got to be locked in. You got to get to work, but you need to make sure who you are working for. The pre-qualifier, he says, is you got to be working for the Lord. And God said to me, Tim. I send my people to specific places, locations, jobs, local assemblies, and they go in with the mindset of working for the people that I have sent them to work with. What? What are you, what? What are you saying? Holy Ghost said, Tim, don't you realize that my people are leaving churches, are leaving the faith? Because they started working for people. And when those people offend them, they leave and disregard my assignment for them because they started working for the people they should be working with. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Oh, don't look at me like that. And while I'm here, let me go on and say it and make sure it's clear. Don't come to Christ Center Church. Don't be a part of Christ Center Nation thinking you're working for Tim Fryer because Tim Fryer does not have a reward for you, baby. Hear me. I don't have a heaven. I don't have a hell. Come on. I, when you get to heaven, he ain't going to call me on stage and say, hey, you can hand out your trophies. Absolutely not. You come here to work. You work with me, not for me. We work together for God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the people are coming to churches and people are, are getting connected in these cliques and saying stuff like, yeah, I'll do whatever they ask me to do because I really like them. God says, what are you missing it? You should be doing it for me. So when your feelings get hurt, you don't stop serving because you're working for me. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Come on, super abundant, above the call of duty, the best work you've ever done for me. We get it mixed up. And so when we get offended, we stop working. We stop serving. We stop going. And God says, you can't live in the zone like that. The zone is that you work for me. And then we say stuff like, you know, I just don't feel God at this church like I used to. Well, of course you don't. Because you're not working for him. And David says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who shall dwell in his holy place? Listen, only the one who has clean hands, your work, and a pure heart, your motive. You don't get into the presence of God. We don't get the chance to lift our hands and bask in front of him when our work is off and our motive is wrong. Look how y'all looking at me. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm just telling you what he told me. And when you get to a place where God has assigned you, make sure that you keep working for him. That's the zone. The zone is his work. We work with man. 
We work for God. And for all of us leaders out here, pastors, leaders of companies, departments, uh, communities, whatever it is, stop looking at people talking about you work for me. They don't. Because if you want them to work for you, then you're going to have to become the God that blesses them. Look how y'all looking at me. <laughs> Look how y'all looking at me. We get it mixed up. This is God's program. This is God's thing. I rarely say my church. Because when it's my church, I got to carry it. And I don't want to carry it. Look how y'all looking. It's our church. This is his church. Come on. If you want to give qualifiers, I'll give it to you. It's God's church by ownership. It would be my church by leadership. It would be your church by membership. And together, we work together for the owner. Look how y'all looking. Look how y'all looking. It, I, I shouldn't be preaching this hard on watch night, right? I'm just about done. So we got to get locked in and we got to get to work. Here's the third thing. What this zone looks like. Be steadfast. He says, get locked in. Get to work. Here's the third one. And remember that there's a reward coming. Y'all. This is why we can't stop. This is why you can't let your feelings drive you. To let go of the work. Jesus told this young man who told Jesus, I want to go work. I want to walk, walk with you. And Jesus says, okay, come on. He says, hold on. I want to go back to the house and tell my people bye. Because I got some personal stuff. I want to feel you know, my feelings. I'm going to miss them. And Jesus says, no, you're not ready. Because no man having put his hand to the plow. And looking back is even fit for the kingdom of God. You can't let your emotions make you turn around even for one moment. Look how y'all looking at me. Because you got to remember that we have a reward coming. Are y'all with me? Yeah, I want to encourage you. There's a reward coming. And listen, this reward is not just in the sweet by and by reward. This ain't just in uh, when I get to heaven, going to sing and shout reward. Absolutely not. Here's what David says in Psalm 27 and 13. He says, I would have lost heart. In other words, I would have quit unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Some of us let go too quickly because we release what we believe. That's why the enemy is coming to shake us. That's why he's asking questions. You really should be doing this? You really think this is what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah, David said, I would have let go, would have turned around, would have fainted in some translations, would have lost heart, he says. But I believed that I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. Not when I get over there with grandma and them. Well, now. And that's what we got to remember in living in the zone. When I work for him, he's going to reward me. Come on, y'all. Paul writes in Galatians in uh, Galatians 6, 9 and 10. And let us not grow weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Come on. Therefore, he says this. Paul is still talking about the same thing. He says, as we have opportunity, let us do good, especially to those who are in the household of faith. God said, Tim, remind my people that there is a reward for them. Yes, yeah, a reward here on earth. But yes, there is a reward over there. Be faithful unto death. Revelations 2 and 10, the B portion. Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. Y'all, it's a double reward. You get a double coupon here. 
that God says, I'm going to bless you in the land of the living and I'm going to bless you in heaven. I'm going to make sure that you get your just reward. So you got to remember that living in the zone. Why are you talking about living in the zone, Pastor? Because I ain't got to talk about what God's going to do. God's covenant. He's a covenant keeping God. He's going to do what he said. But I got to make sure that we posture ourselves to keep what he's doing. Just because you go to the car lot and get a car and you post it, tell me, look at my blessing. The question is, is when it's time to pay the note and pay the premium on the assurance? Can you do all of that? Can you keep the blessing you got because you positioned your life to keep it? God says, when you live in the zone, you're positioning yourself to keep it. What's the zone, Pastor? Steadfast. <laughs> Lock in. Do the work. And remember that there is a reward for you. I got to go. So God gave me three words for me, for my house this year. And he told me I could share it with you and you could take those words and, you know, use them for you if you want to or, or find words, some synonyms for them. But he gave me three words. He says, Tim, this year I'm saying to you, anchored, developed and used the position, Tim, that I want you to have. The mindset that I want you to use, I want you to walk in, is anchored, developed, and used. Anchored speaks for itself. I ain't going nowhere. The enemy can fight all day. He can send punches. But I'm staying right here. I'm a, every time he throw one, I'll duck it and say, in Jesus' name, here's what God says. It is written, because that's what I'm called to do. I'm going to do what I'm called to do. But I do want to say this. Not only am I anchored. In what God has said for me to do. But I'm anchored in who God says I am. And let me say something here. I don't know how. If you're going to be walking with me this year. I'm going to take some time. To help people understand. What it means. To be anchored in. Knowing. Who God says you are. And see we get that mixed up. Because we feel like that means I'm going to know my purpose. Listen. God has different assignments every day. You got to know you because your purpose for today, your assignment for today could be a different assignment tomorrow. But what is, is what remains is what God says about who you are. And I'm helping people this year understand that. He says, Tim, I want you to be developed. Yeah, that means that I'm going to keep growing me. I'm going to keep growing me. And what God said to me two months ago, I was sitting outside. And he says, Tim, I want you to pour into people this year, pour into yourself. But everybody I send to you pour. So this year I'm going to be doing more. I'm going to be doing not more. I'm going to be doing master classes to help people get developed because God wants to use you in every facet. Quit thinking that the only thing God wants to do is use you at church. No, baby. He created you and he wants to use his whole creation. You don't live at church. So in the places that you are, where you go, God wants to use you. And he said for me to pour and develop. So the stuff that I have been developing, teams in corporate America, I'm going to be developing you this year. Yes. Yes. And he told me to tell you that you need to position your life to invest in your inv advancement. That's what he said. He said he's going to send the resources for you, but you need to position yourself to invest in your advancement. Get ready for that. 
because you're going to have to pour into you while I'm pouring into you. You're going to have to make the investment because I'm going to be teaching some good stuff this year that's going to help you stretch in every area to be a better you. Why? Because God is calling for us to be developed, be anchored, be developed and be used. God says, give me you. Give me you. Give me all of you. Give me you at work. Give me the Walmart you. Come on, give me the Kroger you. Give me the Publix you. Give me the 20 you that you driving down 20 or 285. I want you. Whatever your highway is in your city, in your state, I want you. Give me the you that washes the clothes in the laundry room. Give me you. I want to use you in every place of your life. I want to use you. So for me, hopefully for you, this year I'm going to be anchored. I'm going to be developed. I'm going to be used. The guy's adding to There's a word that I found while studying this. It's a word that, uh, that is called accretion. A-C-C-R-E-T-I-O-N. Accretion. It is the part of something that has been added. It is like someone who has a house, but then they build a garage. So the accretion to the house is the garage. So it is a thing that is added. God says, I am putting things around you that there's going to be some accretion in your life that I want to add and develop. So when you walk indoors, you don't have to second guess. Should you be there? I'm getting ready to develop you because this is the season that I'm bringing my people forward. And just to listen, just as sure or just as soon as you learn it, God says, I'm going to put you in places where you use it. <laughs> As soon as you get developed in it, it's not going to sit on the shelf. It won't have time to get dust on it because as soon as you learn it, he says, I'm putting you in the door. I'm opening the door for you. As soon as you learn it, you're going to be like, wow, I just learned that. And that's going to be your confirmation. As soon as you're developed, he said, I'm releasing you because I got the stuff already lined up. I'm waiting on you. Oh, y'all, I got to go. I got to go. Here's my prayer for you. I pray this year for you that this year for you is the year of knowing. Knowing God and knowing the God in you. My prayer for you is that you walk confidently. My prayer for you this year is that you stop waffling and second guessing about what God has said about you. And what God is saying, period, that you stop waffling in that. That's why when I talk to you, I talk to you about what God is saying. I have already wrestled with God to make sure I got it. So when I tell you, I tell you with confidence so you can declare it with confidence. But as you spend time with God, he says he wants to burn off all of this uncertainty you have. This is your time to shine as you walk in the fulfillment that God has said those things that he said over your life. When you walk into that thing, you can't walk halfway. You got to know. My prayer for you is that you live in the zone this year. We're going to be talking about this living in the zone for the whole month of January. We're living in the zone. Are y'all ready? Are you ready? Here's what the Hebrew writer says. And this is what I'm believing and praying over you. But beloved, this is Hebrews 6, 9 through 12. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, 
the things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Stay with it. Stay locked in. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through the faith, through who the faith, and through who, I'm sorry, who through the faith and patience inherited the promise. There is a promise for you. There is a promise. And God says, I'm releasing that promise, but I want you to keep the promise. And the way you keep it is that you live in the zone. Listen, we started early this year. Normally we start church at 1010 so that at midnight we'll be praying. I started early because I needed to get this to you. You'll have time to listen to this once or twice more before the new year comes in. That you can get this in your spirit. That you got to live in the zone. Steadfast. What is that? Locked in. Getting to work. And remembering that there is a reward for the work that you do for the Lord. This is going to be the year of prophetic fulfillment. God is doing it. I'm going to keep showing it to you in the word. And you're going to see it before your very eyes. Live in the zone. So that you can hold on to everything God releases. Listen, I'm going to see you Sunday. I want you to have an amazing new year. And may the peace of God rest on your life. Yeah, I'm not going to release. I already told you what I was praying for. That was my blessing over you. I'm praying. Y'all want me to tell you again what I'm praying for? Here it is. I'm praying that this is the year of knowing for you. That you walk confidently in God. That you stop waffling and second guessing what God has said about you and what you know about him. And that you live in the zone. Y'all have a fantastic fun night with the family. Thank you for logging on tonight and receiving this word. I love you. I'll see you Sunday morning. Happy New Year.